0: Mission Lord Jesus Christ truly present among us in the Most Blessed Sacrament. This Sunday is the uh, been named by our Holy Father Pope Francis the third. What's the third Sunday of Ordinary Time? He didn't name it that. He named it that the third Sunday of Ordinary Time would be known as the Sunday of the the Word of God. Sunday of the Word of God, and so in a particular way, um, and with our readings this weekend. We're able to pray a bit in your presence, Lord, about, about you, about your word, and you are the word, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, you, you are the word of God, right? And every Sunday is your day. It's the day, the Lord's day. But in a particular way, uh, this weekend, we can pray with your presence among us in, in sacred scripture, Lord, how you, how you approach us in the scriptures and how we, we encounter you. And, um, and then even as, as scripture is proclaimed within the, within the liturgical action in the holy sacrifice of the mass, Jesus, how do you, how do you come to us in that way? And so, you know, we, we should pray very often with scripture and, and you speak to us in this way, Lord Jesus. So we actually, um, we're in year C right now, which means we're going to be reading from Luke's gospel normally during our Sunday readings. And this weekend we get the kind of the beginning of Luke's gospel. The first four verses are his are his introduction, right? He's writing it to someone. And as much as many have been undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us, right? Many many people are writing this thing, this down. They're trying to put it together. They're putting all the, you know, the, the pieces together just as... They were delivered to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the truth concerning the things of which you have been informed. Many, many people are telling the story of Jesus. And at the time that Luke is writing, which is probably... um, in the late 60s, um, if not early 70s, um, by the time Luke's writing, many people are already, already sharing the message of you, Lord. And, and many of those um, were eyewitnesses, right? When we, when we consider the Gospels, these are eyewitness accounts. They're handed on to us as people were there. They saw what happened, and they want to share it with us these eyewitness accounts of, of what's going on. And so many people are trying to, to tell the story. And do we see scripture as, as that, right? Um, Matthew and Mark and Luke and John are, are trying to tell us about you, Lord. And so when we, when we pray and when we bring the scriptures to our prayer, do we see it as, as a message, right? It's actually delivered to us. If I would have looked it up more and prepared a little bit more, um, we could reference what Walker Percy says, right? About, about if you find a message, right? If you, um, like a message that's given to somebody, right? It's, it's got a, um, a sender and a recipient. It's not just a uh, kind of vague document you put out there, but a message is, is sender and recipient. And so Jesus, you as the author of Scripture or the Holy Spirit, but you, you know, God is the author of Scripture, um, is a sender, and we are the recipient. And so when I pray with you, with the Holy Scriptures, with your word, Jesus, do I see how that is, is for me? You know, it's, it was written, Luke wrote, um, for this, you know, Theophilus. Now, even that, that title, Theophilus, is um, it's a Greek word uh, to, you know, um, Theo and Philia, uh, Philia. Right or it's the one, who, the one who is a brother of God, right or a friend of God, we could say. Um, but it's Philia is more that brotherly love, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a um, a blood relation, but this brotherly love, this friendship, theophilia philius, right? Friend of God. As many have undertaken, so it, um, so for some time past, you know. Luke, having followed all these things closely, wants to write an orderly account for you, most excellent friend of God, that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been informed. Scripture's written for, I'm a friend of God, right? I, I have this, Lord, I have this brotherly love for you. This is written for me, right? The Holy Spirit, in inspiring St. Luke, saw me. And so when we read Scripture, you know, we are in mind as well. When we you know, really dive into the words, it's not just a, an exercise in pure imagination, but rather we're diving into something like, this is written, and you had me in mind, Jesus. In all these things, not just in the words that are, are written, but when you're even doing the actions that are accounted, you had me in mind. Jesus, we hear the parable of the sower. Like, you're thinking of me. You know that I'm going to read these words, and I need to hear them. And so when you're saying it, you're not just saying it to the crowd, but you're saying it knowing that your faithful evangelist would write it down. You would inspire them. These words are for me. I see you. This is for you. It's a message. It's not just words in a void. Just stumble upon it and figure it out. No, it's a message to me. And so Jesus, you know, as we we pray with this, Luke is writing these things. He's putting them in an ordered fashion right he's trying to write down in, a, in an orderly way to bring some sense there's a lot of stuff out there there's people just trying to get the message out and so luke wants to bring structure he wants to bring some order now when there's structure and order put into something we're able to draw that out right we're able to find it if um if there's a structure that is written into something then that structure could be discerned it could be known and and we can we can get that, right? So Luke in kind of putting everything in an orderly structure and Matthew Matthew and Mark do the same thing. Mark a little bit more is just trying to get the message out there as soon as possible. Well, Matthew is a very structured, ordered gospel. So when we read the gospel of Saint Matthew, our friend, we should see, like, okay, there's there's structure here, there's there's order. Um, same with Luke's gospel, our friend, Saint Luke. You know, and I wonder do we really um Do we talk to our friends who who write these things, right? St. Luke, you you wrote this story for me. You're my friend. Do I talk to you about it? Do I ask you about it? It's a good thing to to ask uh, St. Luke to to teach us, to help us. When we go to sit down to a time of prayer, you know, countering the Lord in Scripture, we should ask our friend St. Luke to help us. Above all, though, we we should ask the Holy Spirit, Right? great way to pray you know the holy spirit's the primary author of scripture so say a little prayer and anytime we're going to read scripture and pray with the scripture come holy spirit right i want the holy spirit to to fill our minds and our hearts kindle us the fire of your love send forth your spirit we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth right oh god you instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the holy spirit instruct my heart now teach me you know, when we, when we read sacred scripture, reading it as it's written for us, hearing it, it is, um, We should be moved by it. Instruct my heart, Lord. Teach me. Teach me how to live. I mean, do we, when we read scripture, do we see, like, this means me? I read the gospel and I see this, this means me. Earlier today we had the Feast of St. Anthony, Anthony of Egypt, Anthony of the Desert. Who, who heard the words of scripture and, and ab- abandoned everything, right? He, um, he gave everything away so he could go live in the day. In fact, he didn't quite give everything. It took him two tries, right? First, he got rid of most of his stuff, but he still left a little something back. He had a little sister to take care of, and so he kept a little something back. And then and then next time he was at Mass, he heard, it again, he heard it again. Like, no, don't worry about tomorrow, right? Um... Tomorrow will take care of itself. And so he, he gave his sister off to some nuns of the time, right? A group of consecrated virgins. And he went off and lived in the desert. Um, and great. Like, do I see, like, this means me? When I hear scripture, when I read it, like, this means me. The Gospels, again, are their eyewitness accounts or there, recounting of the eyewitness accounts. And so it can be so beautiful when we when we pray with scripture in your presence, Lord, to consider like how you you were there, you said these things, and and how did your friends and our friends, the evangelists, the saints, how did they see and how did they hear these things? The first reading for the daily mass today comes from the beginning. You know, we're still in the early chapters of Mark's gospel, but it's the the calling of the the 12 apostles. And, you know, it's just wonderful to, to pray with and to think about, you know, we read these names. Simon, whom he surnamed Peter, and James, son of Zebedee, and John, the brother James, whom he surnamed Boanerges, which is sons of thunder, and Andrew and Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. It could be easy for us to kind of rattle off the names. You know, here's just a, a list of names, whatever, right? Can we name the 12 apostles? But, like, to think, like, if I, if I were to give a list of names of people I know, right, let me tell you about my, my father, Mark, and his brothers, you know, Garrett, David, Richard, Timmy, Tommy, Chris, Dennis. When I say those names, there's, there's faces in my mind, right? These are people I know. I'm never going to just talk about my father's brother, Garrett, and not think of my uncle, Garrett, right? And actually be considering that. There's actual faces attached to names. When we read scripture, maybe these names, you know, Simon and James and John and, you know, Andrew and Philip, right? for us, it was just, just words on a page. But Mark probably knew these men, right? He knew them personally. And so when he's saying these names, he's actually talking about people he knows. He's talking about his friends. At that time, the time Mark is writing, it's most likely that already St. James, the great, the brother of John had already been killed, right? And so here, here he's talking about somebody who, his friend, he knew James, who's since been murdered, right? And how many of the other apostles have already died by that point? Mark, again, writing his gospel, he knows Peter. Like he's, he's Peter's scribe, right? This is Peter, it's my friend. And so when we read scripture, it should really be alive for us, that it's not a, um, it's not a dead word. No, St. Paul, well, the the author of the letter to the Hebrews, sometimes attributed to St. Paul, maybe he's one of his sermons or whatever. Um, but in the letter to the Hebrews you read, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and tensions of the heart. The word of God is living and active. Right, so we take our Bible. we go pray with Scripture in your presence, Lord. I'm just going to read something and they're just words on a page. No, the word of God is living, it's effective, it's active in my life. And so when I read these words, they're said and written by people that were eyewitnesses, they knew these things. And because the Holy Spirit's the primary author, I too can enter into the prayer. I can be there with you, Lord. And so when we pray with scripture, it's never just praying with a dead word. We should really enter into scripture. We should love sacred scripture and we should we should really find find you there. Saint Jose Maria Scrivo wrote, My advice is that in your prayer you actually take part in the different scenes of the gospel, as one more among the many people present. First of all, imagine the scene or mystery you've chosen to help you recollect your thought and meditate. Your thoughts and meditate. Next, apply your mind concentrating on a particular aspect of the master's life that you're considering, his merciful heart, his humility, his purity, the way he fulfills his father's will, and then tell him what happens to you in these matters, how things are with you, what's going on in your soul. Be attentive, because he may want to point something out to you, and you'll experience suggestions deep in your soul, realizing certain things and feeling his gentle reprimand. And so Jesus when we when we encounter you in the scripture when we pray with the scriptures in your presence you know we can we should really see ourselves enter into the scene apply our mind to it examine it with our with the with the eye of our mind right to really to really dive in the word of god is living and active and so again just going back to this gospel passage for today's daily mass from St. Mark, you know we um, just goes up the mountain. First, we hear he goes up the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. Right there, you know what? What does that look like, right? It's what does it mean to say that? We could think about a lot of things. but when we hear, we hear the setting up the scene, and you know it's good. When we're in your presence, Lord. Here and exposed in the Blessed Sacrament. It's good to to be watching you, to have our eyes fixed lovingly on you. But when we're meditating on scripture, it's also good to close your eyes. St. Right? Teresa of Avila said, like, only a fool prays with his eyes open. Right? You got to close your eyes, otherwise you get distracted. You start looking around and you start noticing. All, and look, hopefully there's stuff in our churches that draw our attention to God, right? And that's why it's good to have good devotional images here in the church. But really, you want to enter it, close your eyes. And with the eye of your mind, enter into the scene. Jesus, we hear you go up a mountain. So where? What kind kind of a mountain, right? Are are we picturing like you're going up the peak of the tall mountain and shouting from the top, you know, the names of the people that are supposed to know? But probably like the hill, like where the Sermon on the Mount was, where a big crowd can be there. And um, maybe by the seaside, you're by the sea in Galilee, just a little bit before this. And so you go up the mountain. And you called those whom you desired, right? Who you desired. And so what's it like when Jesus does that, right? There's a crowd there. And in what voice does Jesus start pointing? Simon, come over here. James. John. Right near in the crowd. And if again we're entering into these scenes, do I want to like someone's calling names? Do I want my name called? Like you're there, you're like, um, I don't really know what's going on here. So um, the, uh, here I am in the crowd. Does, does he call my name? Jesus, do I want you to call my name? You're up a mountain, you, you call those whom you desired, right? Who you wanted to, who you loved. Now you love us all, but you call us. And do we want to be called by you? What does it sound like? Are you pointing? How are people responding, right? Maybe other people are there that aren't being, you know, are they, are they encouraging these 12 on? What's it like when you call Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew, that tax collector, right? Thomas. Thomas is also called Didymus, which means he was a twin, right? He probably he had a twin brother. Who, whose twin was he, right? James, the son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon the Canaan, probably also was Simon the Zealot, right? That political radical. Like you're calling that radical, crazy, political extremist. Like, Jesus, what are you doing? And then Judas Iscariot, right? Now, we know, we see, you call Judas. Jesus, we ask you that, like, why? You know what's going to happen. And you wanted him. Right? You love, Jesus, you love even Judas. You know what's going to happen. You call those you want. You pointed them, 12. You sent them out to preach and have authority. Like, these are them, 12 apostles. Call my name. How do you call me to follow you, to be with you, and to send me out? And so what do I hear when I hear your voice calling my name? Do I want to be called? Am I willing to respond, right? He called those whom he desired, and they came to him. What would it be like? It was like you. John, and John's like, not me, I'm not going, right, I don't, I don't want to, no, he, those he calls, he kind of equips, he equips, he prepares us, so we enter into the scene, we let him teach us, it's also similar to the, um, the walk, you know, the end of Luke's gospel, the walk on the road to Emmaus, right, they're walking with our Lord, and they're, they're upset. And this is what happens when we pray with Scripture. Lord, when, when we've got something going on, we're here talking to you, and you just start walking with us. And that's as we enter into our mental prayer. This is really what mental prayer is, the road to Emmaus. We're walking. We're talking. Most likely we're talking to ourselves, right? Maybe maybe some of us here in the church. We're just what is it like when I, when I pray? I just talk to myself. I'm just thinking about the things I got going on today. I'm thinking about the things I'm worried about. I got all this stuff going on, an internal dialogue. That's, that, that's where we start. If that's where we are, maybe it's good to say, okay, you know. I, I'd say it's better in your prayer to talk to yourself than to talk to other people through your phone, right? If your prayer turns into I'm just texting, responding to emails, going to step out and actually talk to someone, you know, verbally on the phone. Worse, I'm going to take a phone call here in the church when I'm in my time of prayer, right? Not even going to excuse myself. Um, no, like, it's better to be talking to yourself than to be, you know, involved in all those other forms of communication in our prayer. That just totally breaks the prayer. But, um, and then we um, talking to ourselves probably, but stuff going on. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Just starts walking with them. And so a lot of times, too, in our in our times of personal prayer, it's like, okay, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about this, and Jesus, without us even knowing it, you just start walking with us. Tell me about that. What's going on? What are you talking about? Hey, Father Casey, here you are in my presence. What, what are you talking about? What's going on? Well, Jesus, I'm thinking about this. All right, well, first... Are you the only person in Britain that doesn't know the things that ha- what things? Well, I'm the pastor of Seven Parish uh, Seven Churches. Come on, everyone else. It was in the Hartford Current. Don't you read the Hartford Current, right? No. And, um, okay. Like what? What's going on? Tell me about it. Just tell me. You already know, but you want me to tell you. And so, you know, don't you know what's happening in my life? School started today. Yesterday, I'm having a tough time. I already don't understand these things. I'm frustrated. I've got work. I've got all these other commitments. I've got Corona. Don't you know? I tested positive for Corona. You know, I put out my social media. Um, okay, what sort of things? And so we tell you these, this is what's going on. And we're so frustrated and upset by these things sometimes. But we tell, tell them, tell Jesus what's happening. Right? We hear these guys, they, they start telling Jesus this was a concern, Jesus of Nazareth. A prophet, mighty indeed. The facts, and then, how do I feel about that? Don't just stick with the facts, but what's happening in my heart? We'd hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. It's not just on a surface level facts, but Jesus. I, I hoped we'd hoped he was the one to redeem Israel. I'd hoped this would go easier than it is. I'd hoped I would stay healthy. I wouldn't have to quarantine. I would. Hope, i hoped that school would be would be better this semester. I'd be able to engage it better, that I'd be more organized with it, that the classes wouldn't be so hard. I'd hoped that work was going to be okay. I was hoping that this relationship was going to work out. I was hoping this and that. And Jesus says to us, Oh, foolish men. Now, again, you can read that as like, Oh, fool, you fools, right? Gandalf style, like fools. Um, Or it could just be a gentle reproach. Oh, foolish Father Casey, right? Why, why, are you, why are you being so foolish? You're worried about all these things. Slow of heart to believe. You're so hard to believe these promises I made to you. Oh, foolish, foolish, foolish little child. Wasn't it necessary that these things would happen? Jesus, what am I complaining about? The cross. Usually, when I complain about stuff, I'm complaining to you about the cross. And what's that like to complain to you, Lord, about the cross? Oh, fool, foolish Father Casey. Don't you know that you have to, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me, you have no, you can't be my disciple? Again, it's all part of scripture, as we find you in the scriptures, Lord. And then you explain it to us. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures that concerned himself. He explains, best Bible study ever, right? Here's the word. Here's the one who inspired scripture, explaining How all these things point to him. And so that's what happens in our mental prayer. If we really enter into it, or if we really apply our mind to it, if we're really willing, Lord, in this time of conversation with you, to go into that, it starts that we start talking to ourselves. Okay, great, but you slowly come up and join us. Then we explain to you what's going on in our hearts. And you explain to us through the scripture, right? Right? What does he explain to them? The scriptures. He points out the scriptures. And so, when we're praying with the scripture, Lord, you, you show to us in the scriptures all these things. And, it, you know, a good time of prayer. As they were drawing near the village to which they were going, he appeared to be going further on, and, but they constrained him. They, they tried to stop him. Stay with us. Stay with us, Lord. It's already, it's already getting late, right? Finding an excuse. Jesus, we want to stay with you. You know, really good time of prayer, however long we're able to spend with you, Lord, doesn't feel like enough. If we're really entering into it, stay with us. And maybe as we go on to the rest of our, to the rest of our day, we're, okay, Jesus, here I am, I'm talking to you in my time of prayer, but stay with me. I've got to go do this next thing. I've got to go to school. I've got to go to work now. I'm going to go you know, do whatever I'm doing. I'm going to go cook dinner. I'm going to go be with my family stay with me. We had a great conversation. I don't, I don't want to go. And so stay with me, come with me. And then ultimately he leads them to the mass, right? All of our prayer, all of our personal prayer should lead us to mass, to the Holy Sacrifice of the mass, right? Because it's then when they get into the house, he takes bread, blesses it, breaks it, gives it to them. And they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. And so all of, our, all of our personal prayer with scripture points to the liturgy. And if ever our, our personal prayer is something that's at odds with the lex orandi, lex credendi of the church, the way that we pray and the way that we worship, that the way the law of our prayer is the law of our belief, well, then it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a real time of prayer. I mean, it was real, but it, it all should point to the liturgy and be consistent with that. And that's where when we hear scripture proclaimed out loud, we're going to read in the gospel after we skip through a couple chapters of Luke and we have a little prologue, and then we have at Nazareth, Jesus stands up and he reads the scroll out loud, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so when we pray with the Scripture, it should lead to it and eventually this proclamation of the word out loud in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and then ultimately to you, Lord, in the blessed sacrament, in the Eucharist. That's where we find the fulfillment of everything. And so it's, I mean, it's a really the best, a great time to do our mental prayer, our meditation is before mass, right? To get a little early, to not just be rushing to mass in the last minute, but to actually try to come 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes, a half hour early and to make our mental prayer, to pray, to talk to you and to let that meditation flow into the mass so that our, we're prepared, we've talked to you and now we'll recognize you in a new way in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, Lord. The Word of God is living and active. We need to turn to Scripture in our times of prayer and really be nourished by the Word of God. Right? There's, there's those scenes in the book of Revelation that seem weird. Where, um, and also, it's, I think it's Isaiah, too. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, one of the prophets, like eating scrolls. Right? Why are we, why are we eating scrolls? Because we should be nourished by the Word of God. Right? We want to be nourished, Lord, by your Word. And so, Jesus, we come to you. teach us this. Teach us how to find you in Scripture. We should ask our mother to teach us as well, right? A beautiful way to pray in all of this is we're, praying, if we're having a tough time kind of entering into the scene. Well, then we ask our mother to point it out to us. Mary, you know, show us. Mother, show me. Show me this thing. Can I watch this scene with you? Maybe you were there, right? And if you were there, like, point out to me. What, what should I be paying attention to here? What, what am I learning? You know, Talking to the saints, Saint St. Luke, asking the evangelists as well. Right? So we ask them, but we also ask our mother, like, teach me. Show me. Let's watch this scene together. Show me how to do this so we could do it together. Fall deeper in love with your son. And So, Mother, pray for us. Help us to always appreciate the word of God in our life, living and active, so that as we contemplate you in Holy Scripture, we recognize you, Lord, in the Eucharist, uh, and we're filled with the fullness of your grace. Mm-hmm. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.